Monday. It's November 12th. And the word of the day is prosopography, which means the description of a person's physical appearance. Used in a sentence, by combining prosopography with some vulgarity for charity, we're already close to raising $20,000 for the Modest Ooh. Needs Foundation. And if we hit 25000 there's a matching donation that bumps it up to fifty. Uh, so, I look like a diabetic Nazi. Everybody get generous. <laughs> we'll have a link with all the details in the show notes. Do it. And with that being said, I'm No Illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, I serve as the midterms Eeyore. I assure you that it's because Eli's <laughs> knowledge of politics is primarily derived from jerking off to the West Wing. <laughs> and Heath's too. And Donald Trump calls a rain out on his speech because umbrellas are terrifying. <laughs> but first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight are fellow skeptic rats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Gentlemen, were Ross and Rachel on a break? Let's settle this. Ooh. What? What year is it for you? <laughs> I'm. You know what 11. I've been getting into lately? Frasier, a show whose pitch I can only imagine was, do you like cheers but hate poor people? <laughs> <laughs> All right. May, uh, you want me to just ask a different question? Oh, you guys want to ignore my question about friends that's very relevant and say whatever you want about other stuff? That's fine. <laughs> Oh, you know, I would love to talk about Friends more, but, you know, we've got this lead story tonight. They were on a break. They were on a break. In Go which ahead. the unprecedented threats to American democracy and universally recognized importance of last week's midterms resulted in a record turnout that saw almost most of America's registered <laughs> voters go to the polls. It was like 47%, and that's Ooh. a fucking record. So... Anyway, this marked the first national election since the presidential election that we've been failing to quite drink away the memory of in 2016. And the result is a mixed bag. On the one hand, the nation swung far to the Democratic side, resulting in a statistical blue wave. On the other hand, that served mostly to underscore the gross disparity between our national will and the outcomes of our gerrymandered-ass democracy. Yeah, the majority gets to control... Half of of one of the three branches of government. <laughs> yes. But before you get all excited, the weaker half, to be clear, of just that relax. one. Yes, of the weaker of the God. three. Yeah. But corporations are people now, so you know, biznocracy. That's how it goes. <laughs> that's a real word. Apparently, they get the rest. Yeah, it didn't underline biznocracy. God damn it. So yeah, one dollar, one vote. Great, <laughs> guys. Guys, it's okay. Naturalgreenmommy.com told me they haven't counted all the prayer votes yet, so Beto's going to take it. He's going to win. <laughs> all right, so now the voting ended on Tuesday, and now that most of the smoke is cleared, it's pretty clear that this is a very solid result for the Democrats. Right, They picked up uh, the, the more seats in the House than they have since the immediate aftermath of Watergate. They picked up seven governors <laughs> with two still left to count. But I think the strongest sign of the blue wave was the overwhelming victory of liberal policies in ballot initiatives, right? Reenfranchising felons, Medicare expansion, minimum wage increases, transgender rights, environmental protection, gun control, legalizing weed. All these had big bipartisan level wins on Tuesday, which proves that the liberalization of America isn't just tribalism. It's not just a backlash to Trump. It's also that the majority of Americans actually do want a country that sucks less, even yeah. if it means brown people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what Noah's trying to say is 
You're welcome, brown people. You're welcome. <laughs> we did that for you. Note on the felons thing. I a lot of smart people are saying what a big deal this is for Florida. Maybe it is. I don't know. That would require reading. Uh, but I want to call my shot. I'm a little Babe Ruth here and say that Florida will still be hot, self-destructive garbage in 2020. <laughs> Just for the record, <laughs> yes. Now, yes. I don't think any one referendum yeah. can change all that. Or the Gulf. Or more yeah. Gulf. <laughs> Of course, not all the dust has settled from the midterms. As of this recording, there are still about a half dozen uncalled house races in California. Uh, they haven't officially christened Kirsten Cinema, the new senator from Nevada. Florida's gubernatorial and senatorial races look to be going to an automatic recount. And George's election was damn near Putin-esque in its brazen corruption. <laughs> so I feel like Stacey Abrams' campaign was probably asking for a runoff before the polls opened. Yeah. <laughs> And by the way, besides the winning that was actual winning, I do think there's a positive message in some of the losses. Huh. Like, even if Stacey Abrams loses and Andrew Gillum loses, that's a black woman in Georgia and a black man in Florida who came closer than ever before to becoming governor of America's swamp ass. Like, right. full of bigots. Whatever happens, that's two bright, young all-stars with big futures who came weirdly close to winning something they shouldn't have. Absolutely. I agree. Let's give them, a, uh, like, a trophy for their participation. No silver medals, Heath! No silver medals! <laughs> no. And obviously Losers. we could put Beto on that uh, same list. Yeah. We could give him a participation trophy, <laughs> yeah. much deserved as well. Um, but regardless of who wins those contested races, we know the top-line result of the midterms is that the Democrats take control of the House in January. Right. That means a lot of things. But most notable, I think, is genuine oversight. So, for example, when the Treasury secretary decides to take a gold plated private jet to Aruba to see what their money looks like, he'll face stiffer consequences than Paul Ryan saying bad in his stern tone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the very least, it'll be Nancy Pelosi saying bad in her stern tone. Uh, I wouldn't right, fuck with that. Right. That, that's good stuff. Also, just to reiterate giant cock block on anything the GOP tries to get through Congress. So voting yep. matters. This was this big deal. Yeah, but Pelosi's already come out saying that she's not going to do that. So I don't know. Not so much stopping evil as like knowing damn well we could have stopped evil. We could have just. Well, she can't just come out and say, yes, we're going to stick it to that asshole. Yet. Why? Why can't she say that? That's what I because, want her to because say. Because most of the people voting on our side aren't like you. Well, they should be. You're in the minority of the liberals. <laughs> we're not going to repeal the ACA. She's not going to put that on the dock. Right, like that's, right, yeah, that's exactly. what's going to happen, gonna whether she announces it or not. Tax cuts for uh, for corporations again, or anything like that. She you can know? work like some it, subtle it, name calling in, and nobody would notice. <laughs> <laughs> Meet me halfway. All right, so. But probably the biggest question people are trying to use the midterm tea leaves to divine here is, is what it tells us about the 2020 presidential elections. Now, assuming that Trump doesn't lose the primary, run as an independent, and <laughs> nader shit up for the Republicans, which is admittedly a pretty That's, big that, assumption. That could happen, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, it, it, it's, it's also safe to say that at the very least, his fuck everybody and keep the money economic policy will have started to really take hold by then. So it's super unlikely that the economic conditions and the and the foreign policy conditions will be as favorable to the republicans as they are right now <laughs> right 
And given the current rate, we can expect at least three times 10 to the 16th more presidential scandals between now and then as well, right? Because of the exponential increase. But even without any of that fucking stuff up, if we extrapolate the congressional elections out to a single national ballot, Trump loses in nearly Dukakisian humiliation. So yes, <laughs> bodes well, assuming there's something left to save by oh, that. Oh, he sticks his head out of a tank. Ah, it's raining, and he jumps back in. <laughs> Somehow manages to fold the tank inside out as he walks onto. Ow! And in excessive farce news tonight, CNN reporter Jim Acosta had his White House clearance revoked last week after he chopped a female intern's scalp off with his Hattori Hanzo sword. And the administration has the video to prove it. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard from the New York Times it's important to consider both sides. Well, so, there you go. Yeah. I, I, I feel like in the Trump version of that, instead of the five-point palm exploding heart technique, it would be the five guys burgers and fries exploding heart technique. But other than that, I feel like it would play <laughs> out the same. Oh, also, and of course, it would be Stormy Daniels kicking all the ass in the yellow ones. <laughs> also, by the way, in other news, nobody forgot that the House of Representatives got flipped and that Donald Trump is a giant embarrassment. So with the promise that we will all keep that first thing in mind, here's what actually happened with Jim Acosta, in case you missed it. During a White House press conference last Wednesday, Acosta was asking Trump a question about whether all the racist stuff that Trump says might be coming off as, uh, you know, racist. So Trump had to decide quickly. On the one hand, this was a rare instance of knowing the correct answer for him. And that's exciting (laughs) when you're stupid. But on the other hand, the correct answer was, yes, I'm a bigot. Well, after a really awkward, long deliberation, Trump finally chose to ignore the question. So he signaled his aides, and one of them walked over to Acosta and tried to grab away his microphone. In response, Acosta held onto his mic and said, pardon me, ma'am. Also, he may have karate chopped her in the arm as hard as he can. (laughs) Or possibly not at all, and their arms just made casual contact. It's one of those two things. Because so many assaults begin with, pardon me, (laughs) ma'am. Just picture 1940s Jim Acosta asking Goring where the bodies at Auschwitz are buried, and his colleagues are like, dude, one question. Wait for him to call on you. (laughs) It's not the job. It is not the job. (laughs) Well, uh, fortunately, the event I'm talking about was captured on video. And following the announcement that Acosta was having his White House press pass taken away, Sarah Huckabee Sanders sent out the following tweet along with a clip of the incident. The tweet said, We will not tolerate the inappropriate behavior clearly documented in this... We will not tolerate... Thank the you. inappropriate behavior clearly <laughs> documented in this video. That's what her tweets do sound like. You're right. I have a whole thing that's set up that it reads them to me just like that. So that's what that's what her tweet said, except the video she included was not the same as the video no. uh, everyone else had. <laughs> no. And that's because she got her video from an InfoWars commentator who apparently doctored the video to speed up Jim Acosta's arm motion and make it look like an extra violent karate chop. Yeah, and okay, so and either she knew that that was a doctored video before she tweeted it, 
or she literally thought that Jim Acosta moved with the rhythm of a Zack Snyder fight scene. <laughs> <laughs> the, the weirdest part about that doctored video thing is how little anybody cares, right? It's like being yeah. in North Korea and hearing people call Kim Jong-il's claim he golfed an 18 controversial. We're just like, <laughs> and then what happened? What do you mean, and then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, just for the record, the doctoring of the video has since been verified by a whole bunch of video editing experts, most of whom were weeping with laughter as they explained how badly this was executed. Right. I watched a few of these people break it down, and each time they were like, all right, no, just look. This is so obvious. Look, frame by frame. Okay, you see Acosta's arm, right? And now... It's Chuck Norris. He roundhouse kicks her in the face. <laughs> and now back to Acosta. This is not great. Boy, do all the previous presidential scandals seem quaint, right? Like, I, like Teapot Dome wouldn't even make the national news cycle in this presidency. <laughs> this is how democracy dies. Not with a bang, but on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, in response to all this, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is arguing that you're a doctor and uh, Acosta's past <laughs> is still revoked. In fairness, there was another incident when Acosta might have punched a woman in the face and then elbowed her in the face. Or that might be Ted Cruz and his wife. Again, it's not clear. Video is <laughs> tricky to decipher. And in Je suis hard Lee news tonight, President Donald Trump took a break from dividing our nation this week to... Divide the entire world on his visit to France to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the First World War. Ending. Right. Sure. That part matters. I mean, not, not to Trump, right? I mean, he'd go over there to celebrate the death of 17 million people. It was the most people. Yeah. Right. So a little background here um, about what, what the controversy is. See, our nation is run by a useless, racist pile of shit. And the people who were supposed to stop him from genocide are pretty sure if they just explain the rules of chess to the pigeon, they're going to get a fair game out of it. So. <laughs> the white guys are first, and they usually win. Got it. Now, um, what were you saying about chess? You were you know, explaining chess to me. So as a result of this pigeon situation, French President Emmanuel Macron has spoken lately about Europe forming its own military force outside of NATO. Which makes sense because Russia is run by an actual evil genius. China doesn't fuck around. And Trump seems to think that 69-year-old coalition is that brother who won't stop borrowing some money. So, yeah. <laughs> Plus, some of those NATO meetings happen when it's a little bit rainy. Americans are <laughs> slipping all over the place. They're dying. It's unmanageable. <laughs> well, hey, like, let's be fair. Light rain aggravates his bone spurs. <laughs> medical thing. So, you know how the best thing to do right before you go visit someone is to insult them in front of millions of people? Well, mm -hmm. so does Donald Trump, who tweeted the following before he'd even gotten off the plane. Quote, President Macron of France has just suggested that Europe build its own military in order to protect itself from the U.S., China, and Russia. Very insulting. But perhaps Europe should first pay its fair share of NATO which the U.S. subsidizes greatly, end quote. <laughs> because what better way to prove to someone that they don't need protection from you than by threatening them? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, either way, the microphone that we hid in that bestest president ever sticker is still active. So let's see how that meeting went. Okay, okay, Mr. President, what did we say? Don't ask him if we can rename the fries. I heard you, Tyler. Ridiculous. They had him for like 40 years now. It's our turn. Mr. President. Fine, fine, fine. Hello, everyone. It's me, French President Emmanuel Macron. And I brought wine. Woo, wine. Yeah. Okay, uh, the only place left for you to call back that joke at this point is your blog. Hurtful, Thai food. Hurtful. So... Come on, Donald. Why are we fighting like this? We both like money. We both like beautiful women, but did not marry them. Come on. Look, macaroon too soon. I love it here. I love France. I love your fries. Although, I would like to talk to you about the name of your fries. Sir. Later, later. We'll talk about it later. But we can't be giving hundreds of millions of dollars just to keep Europe neato. Um, neato? Yeah, I think it's a weird term, too, but it's like old-timey, and it means that... Donald! Donald, do you think the United States has been contributing to Europe's NATO? Yeah, yeah. And honestly, we've been contributing way too much. I mean, how NATO can a place be? Okay. Um, wow. That's a lot. I'm... I'm gonna go? No, Pac-Man. Uh, Macron... You're, you are, Tyler. Not now. Don't go out there. Why not? I mean, it's raining, and after midnight. Did... It's raining, and after... Did Tyler show you the movie Gremlins? Is that why you're saying it's raining, and after... The documentary, Gremlins? Yeah, he showed it to me. Okay. Cool. Explains a lot. Um, don't worry, Donald. I'll stay inside. I'm going to go through the... The secret... Rainproof passage, okay? Okay, yeah, do that. Well, that went better than it did in real life, right? (laughs) And next up in headlines from the A Turnkey General file. In the wake of the midterm elections, before state officials in majority black districts in Georgia could even put the voting machine cords back in the hidden snake crypts, Trump moved to fire Attorney (laughs) General and Keebler villain if they ever got a movie, Jeff Sessions making any replacement almost infinitely harder to insult every time you have to mention him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but that being said, the new guy looks like a gallon of milk got turned into a supervillain. So (laughs) he could definitely be in that same movie. Yeah, no, he could be the sidekick, yeah. He looks like Vince McMahon trying to play younger Vince McMahon in a biopic. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so normally... When the AG is fired, that job falls to the deputy AG, in this case, Rod Rosenstein. Rutro. And Yeah, right. In that instance, that would defeat the attempt to obstruct justice, of course, a.k.a. the stated goal of the firing. So instead, Trump has leapfrogged the chain of command, as well as many would say his constitutional authority, to install Tucker Carlson's fluffer. Now, Matthew Whitaker is a former U.S. attorney who's mostly known for opining on how he would snuff out the Mueller investigation if he was in charge of it on national television and in national print. And that's the guy that Trump just put in charge of the Mueller investigation. Yeah. Whitaker literally wrote an answer key for Trump about how to cheat his way around the Mueller investigation. And instead of just using that information... 
Trump's so fucking lazy. He was like, uh, you do it. I'll, I'll make you general attorney, whatever it is. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's brilliant. Like, he's juking. He's shuffling. We can't keep up with him. <laughs> yeah, so of course, the blatant conflict of interest isn't the only thing Whitaker has going against him, because if you dig into that resume like between U.S. attorney and anti-Muller pundit, you find that he spent the intervening time heavily involved in defrauding people out of money. Right. He served on the advisory board of a company called World Patent Company, which, according to the FTC, was a, quote, scam that built thousands of customers out of millions of dollars, end quote. Now, that quote was followed up by something to the extent of uh, you can't do business anymore and you have to pay shit tons of money back to people. <laughs> yeah. And those exact words are actually on Trump's resume, too, under the Trump University bullet point. Oh, that's true. That like yeah, exactly. Fun moment in the job interview, I'm guessing. Just like, Matt, Matt, check it out. Check it out. FTC says, giant scam, built thousands out of millions, can't do business anymore, pay shit tons of money. What? Get the fuck, fuck out of here. Uh, let me ask you, did you sell on late night late TV? Late night TV, yes. Awesome. Yep. This late night is going to go so great. Yep. Oh, we're the best together. <laughs> yeah. I love working together. I, and by the way, <laughs> when I say served on the advisory board... Uh, don't mistake that for some tangential level of involvement here. Apparently, the company was in the habit of sending threatening letters to customers that threatened to expose their scam, and at least a few of those were signed by Matthew Whitaker. Now, as I already alluded to, the company reached a previous settlement with the FTC, but according to the Wall Street Journal, the company and Whitaker are actually still under investigation by the FBI for criminal complaints. The FTC stuff was just settling the civil side of things. So the guy Trump just put in charge of the guy in charge of the FBI is under investigation <laughs> by the FBI. And the guy who put that guy in charge of that guy is under investigation by yes! the FBI. <laughs> right. He's bobbing. He's weaving. He's exposing democracy for the crude joke it is. I love it. I, I mean, at this point, like <laughs> the stuff that happens in real life, like if you had been three years ago, if you'd been reading a political farce and it happened, it would have been like, okay, well, I can't, I can't buy this anymore. Now, <laughs> there are questions about the constitutionality of this appointment, but I really don't know the details well enough to say whether there's a breach of law here or or just a breach of propriety so glaringly obvious that nobody ever thought to write it down. But this has led to renewed calls for legislation protecting the Mueller investigation from interference, which will presumably get renewed again later when Trump crosses the next line in the sand Lindsey Graham can't remember drawing. Uh, gee, Phil, Earth Island, there's so many lines. And in I'd Blink Your Milkshake news tonight. Alibaba's Singles Day started off with a bang this week, grossing $1 billion in sales in the first 85 seconds of business, despite Jesus. skeptics of Jack Ma's tough-on-Trump attitude. Yeah, I'm not sure why the, the Trump attitude would matter very much. Like, <laughs> Jeff Bezos could murder a puppy on live television. People would be like, okay, but, you know... Free two-day shipping, so I'm not, <laughs> like, and it's I Netflix. Mean, it's like both. I, counterpoint, do you remember the time Jeff Bezos sent a vice chairman to destroy the largest toy competition in the world, and you and I stood in the building and watched him do it? Yeah. That guy was nice, though. That he guy, was nice. Cool. He, was, cool he was nice. We were nice there. Man. Nice man. Now, if you're like me, you probably <laughs> have questions, like, what's an Alibaba? Is it racist? What's Singles Day? <laughs> and who is Jack Ma? Well, don't worry. I'm here to help. So first things first, Jack Ma 
is like if Vladimir Putin had been It's a Wonderful life by an angel who, you know, just convinced him to become ridiculously wealthy instead. <laughs> right, but, but as a price for that wealth, cursed him to look like a Colgate Comedy Hour cartoon for the rest of his life. Yes, it's true. <laughs> uh, now, he runs a company called Alibaba, which, yes, is racist, but it's the Amazon of China. And by the Amazon of China, I mean if, if Amazon had... 100% of the market share in a few major industries in the most populated country in the world and was overseen by the government and was run by Vladimir Putin. Have I mentioned that? Right, so Amazon, but with better working conditions is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like Alibaba, but without JD.com. Exactly, exactly. By the way, if you ever want to feel like a space alien, check out JD.com, everybody. It's a fun look at what you're missing. Uh, so finally, Singles Day is an unofficial, whimsical Chinese holiday celebrated on November 11th because the 1111 looks like lonely people standing in pairs. What? As a, as opposed to two people standing together <laughs> twice what? or four for individual. Not sure why it's not on October 1st, for example, but I digress. Without Black is, Friday, <laughs> Singles Day. Is that all real? What? Well, yeah, and but I checked. It's not because the Chinese numbers look any different. They're talking about the the Arabic numerals there because the Chinese eleven is just like plus minus, yep. basically. Yeah, yeah. That's really why it's called Singles Day. Yeah, what? Have I a mean, bunch it's of singles there. Or that's why they that's that's why they picked the eleventh of November. Yeah, I mean, secretly they picked it because they were like, "Fuck you, we can have Black Friday," but actually they were yeah, they right, had come right, up with an yeah, excuse. Right. So they were like, "Look at those four guys standing by themselves <laughs> all together." Fuck you, we're China. So anyways, they don't have Black Friday in China because, you know, they don't have any black people. So Singles Day has become the day for deals and bargains in China and regularly takes in more money than Black Friday and Cyber Monday combined. Yeah. And uh, thanks to those Trump tariffs, that's mostly Ford pickup trucks and apple pie that makes (laughs) most of that money. So we're doing great with it. Yeah, so the, Singles Day, by the way, is worth looking up all on its own. I might do a Citation Needed episode about it because in addition to their popular lightning deals, which you've seen Amazon and eBay have started to imitate, the day is actually filled in China with a telethon of exclusive imported infomercials filled with both Chinese and foreign celebrities. It's literally if, like, one day a year, Scarlett Johansson and Shaq went on QVC to sell shmamwows and Bluetooth headphones the day. That'd That'd be an amazing holiday. What? It's an amazing holiday. They show, I watched some clips of it. It's amazing. They had Benedict Cumberbatch come on and do a cologne one. It's the best. Um, (laughs) In other news... (laughs) We just started a trade war with these people. Um, I don't want to be that. It's like learning that you're about to box a guy as soon as he's done eating the rest of Mike Tyson's face. It's not (laughs) billion dollars, 85 seconds. Lovely. All right. And finally tonight, just when we thought Donald Trump supporters had collapsed into a Dunning-Kruger neutron star of dramatic irony, they managed to take it even further. And of course, I'm talking about self-proclaimed boy genius Jacob Wool. Oh my fucking Jakey Walls! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so he's the failed hedge fund manager who got shut down by financial regulators, 
and then became a professional alt-right retweeter, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So basically a Russian bot, but without all the fancy automation. He's a manual Russian bot, basically. And then most recently, he tapped into his vast experience with epic failure and used it for an attempt at framing Robert Mueller for sexual misconduct, which, of course, ended in epic failure because that's his thing. Yeah, it would be funny that this is what we're up against if we weren't still losing. He is he's like (laughs) a lazily written Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. (laughs) So a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. (laughs) Well, right, right. Yeah. All right. So here's the timeline of events. Late last month, a law professor named Jennifer Taub got an email from a company called Surefire Intelligence asking her about any sexual encounters she might have had with Robert Mueller and offering to compensate her for any information. Having never met Robert Mueller (laughs) and being an intelligent human being, she forwarded the email to the special counsel's office. Then about a week later, Jacob Wohl sent out a tweet claiming that a big scandal about Robert Mueller was about to break. This would be the... High watermark for the success of Wool's plan. <laughs> the announcement of the beginning of the plan would be the high watermark for the success Which of the plan. came after the plan had already <laughs> failed. Yes. Right? I mean, exactly. he, didn't, he didn't know it had failed yet, but, but, but it had. And the fact that he didn't know is the only thing that makes it the high watermark. It's amazing. Oh. Yeah. So uh, here's where the plan unravels. It turns out there's a whole web of information um and uh it's worldwide and it allows <laughs> literally anyone to check if you're a giant liar about stuff like this so that's what literally anyone did and it became super obvious that surefire intelligence was a giant scam company that was recently set up by Jacob Wool and the reasons why this was obviously Wooly Coyote super genius are amazing. First of all, his email address was listed in the domain records for the Surefire website. And if you checked on LinkedIn, you'd find fake employees using photos of celebrities that you could easily check. And if you looked at the profile for Surefire's managing partner, you'd find a photo of Jacob Wool himself. <laughs> But with his stupid fucking face darkened like he was in witness protection. (laughs) This was a photo that was already publicly available on that big webby thing I was talking about, by the way. So, again, easily checkable. And this is my favorite part. The phone number for Surefire Intelligence (laughs) went to his mom's voicemail. Yes! Mm. Yes! (laughs) Jake is the very good boy. He means well. The only way this is more transparent is if he'd called it like verryrealcompany.com. <laughs> the don't look in here.com. Like, maybe not the dot com. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he goes full green chef. <laughs> yeah, Verryrealcompany.us. So, <laughs> so not only did he put like Kanye West in charge of IT security as fake <laughs> stupid company, he also ran out of fake photographs how did that happen <laughs> he was looking for headshots of fake employees he started naming famous actors 
he got stumped after about three and had to make himself the managing partner picture. And then he ran out of fake phone numbers, too. And apparently the only real one he had was his mom's, to whom he shouted from the basement where he probably lives now and told her to ignore the FBI voicemails that were going to be on the way any moment. Adding, also, what's taking so long with those big cheesy squares? So I just imagine every conversation that he has with his mom ends with those words. But there's a lot of (laughs) clarifying what the agreement they both signed says. (laughs) (laughs) The sock. There was a sock. You saw the sock. It's embarrassing for both of us. This is on you. Yeah. So <laughs> now, uh, now that I think about it, my original explanation wasn't exactly accurate. This wasn't just a normal run-of-the-mill epic failure. This no. was like fat guy falling down after stabbing himself in the eye with the umbrella he can't figure out, then ripping his pants, then <laughs> visibly shitting himself. And, and then trying to clean it up with the toilet paper that was stuck on his shoe. <laughs> and then getting indicted for treason by the guy who his idiot, <laughs> sycophantic troll buddy was trying to frame. Or, or if not Mueller, by Adam Schiff, who's taking over the House Intelligence Committee. Suck it. <sighs> and we should clarify, this is how this little story ends. Jacob Wool and equally non-existent human Jack Berkman held a press conference about this to announce the <laughs> accusations of a totally real lady dot com who Robert Mueller raped. <laughs> right. During which Wool said that he doesn't usually believe women, but he believes her. <laughs> yes. Berkman had his photo taken with his fly all the way down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And at the end, and at the conclusion of which, they released a photo of the victim with Jack Wool, which turned out to be a photo of Jack Wool and his girlfriend, two photos back on Facebook. <laughs> two. <laughs> just a Canadian flag photoshopped oh. over her face. Oh, just, just, so just at least leave him. Come on, Adam Schiff, leave him out of jail long enough for him to try again. Just one more try. Give him one more try. <laughs> My favorite could question hurt? is one of the reporters was like, are you guys ready to go to federal prison? And Jacob just goes, <laughs> no, we are not. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode 83. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. Thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And thanks and, to Heath Enright. He, nobody ever says that in this outro. Oh, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like crime is illegal, Lee... Somebody who upped their pledge and changed their name to join me, give more to podcasters in December or January. Happy holidays. Sweet name. Also, Krista, who listened to that last person and upped her pledge fivefold. What? Yeah, fivefold. Also, I hate being awake. I hate Patreon. Greg. (laughs) And Thomas versus Eli, footless versus shameless. Okay. Who's... Dicks and vaginas are such generous lovers. They went to modestneeds.org. They donated $50 or more, and they emailed the receipt to vulgarityforcharity at gmail.com, all spelled out, vulgarityforcharity at gmail.com, and they sent that email along with a person they wanted to get roasted during an upcoming episode of Scathing Atheist or Cognitive Dissonance. 
They also sent us a picture of that person and hopefully some incriminating details about how that person is terrible and deserves to be roasted. And even if they couldn't afford $50, they gave what they could. And they sent us that email and they got entered into a drawing to win their roast. And if we get to $25,000 by Thanksgiving, just to reiterate, we will get a matching donation of $25,000 more from a very generous benefactor. Make this happen. Seriously, pause right now. Go do it right now. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, and Citation Needed. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign off. Nancy Pelosi called Trump a cunt. <laughs> she owes me. She owes me a favor. I gave her my what love. Did, what, what did you give her? her oh, your your love? Mm-hmm. Pelosi and I are former lovers. If you ever asked about how my day was going, you'd know that. Okay. Keith? How's your day going today? I Eli? was fucking Nancy Pelosi. That's how, <laughs> That's how the fuck it was going. <laughs> Tell ya. <laughs> the preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.